The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7 episode 2815. All right, there's been a little bit more in the way of Obi-Wan Kenobi news for the rest of this week, and so I thought we would cover a few last things about that today. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So before we get to the Obi-Wan Kenobi stuff, on Friday there was some late-breaking news, late-breaking rumors, <laughs> if you will, again from The Hollywood Reporter and this time in regard to The Mandalorian. Allegedly, Christopher Lloyd has been cast in The Mandalorian Season 3 in a guest starring role of some kind. And so, yeah, let the Back to the Future jokes begin. I guess we can say instead of The Mandalorian, it's The Mandalorian. I'm probably not the only person who's thought of that one. But anyway, so there you go. Possibly Christopher Lloyd appearing. And, you know, as opposed to the business about Darth Maul that we were talking about earlier this week, which we're actually going to revisit in this episode, Casting stuff tends to be pretty much dead on when it comes to these types of reporting from the Hollywood trades. So that's what I've got for you on the late-breaking Mandalorian news front. So let's get to the meat of the episode, which is about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. There's been an official show description released for the series, and this is it. During the reign of the Galactic Empire, former Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi embarks on a crucial mission. Kenobi must confront allies turned enemies and face the wrath of the Empire. Just two sentences, but man, oh man, there's a lot to discuss within them. First of all, the notion of him embarking on a crucial mission. Before the trailer came out, one of the biggest questions was, what is going to compel Obi-Wan to leave Tatooine? We knew he was going to leave Tatooine, that he would go on a rollicking adventure. That was the phrase that was used. But the question was always, why? And then when we saw the trailer and we see that there are Inquisitors on Tatooine, that changes the calculus of that. Instead, you start to wonder, is it just about him making an active decision to leave Tatooine and go on a mission? Or does he actually have to leave Tatooine to get away from the Inquisitors? Or to draw the Inquisitors away from Tatooine so that they won't be anywhere near a young Luke Skywalker? But the notion of either leading the Inquisitorius away from Luke or running from Tatooine to get away from the Inquisitors for the time being, yeah, that doesn't necessarily scream mission to me. So, uh, yeah, we've definitely got some stuff to learn <laughs> about this series. And the other bit, of course, is the line about allies turned enemies. So Darth Vader, of course, is the obvious <laughs> answer to that, but we are in the plural with allies turned enemies. So the next very obvious way to go with that is the Inquisitors, right? So the Inquisitors are actually corrupted Jedi. They used to be Jedi and now they are working for Darth Vader and for the Emperor. 
In fact, the Grand Inquisitor in Star Wars Rebels was revealed by Yoda to be a former Jedi Temple guard. So yes, having the Inquisitors included along with Vader would definitely meet the plural situation of allies turned enemies. But you do have to wonder if there are other folks out there as well, like former clone troopers, for example, who are now under the control of the Empire with Order 66. We don't necessarily know how long clone troopers last lasted under the new regime. The general gist is that no, they didn't last for very long, but even if they were phased out, they're still loyal to the Empire. So yeah, that presents another level of problems for Obi-Wan potentially, especially when a bunch of them are probably familiar with him. Let's swing back to the Inquisitors invader specifically because anything beyond that is definitely theorizing, hypothesizing. So there was a new story in Gizmodo written by German Lucier. Ah, German, I hope I've pronounced your name right. So. This was different because it seems to, you know, take a step beyond what had been published previously by Entertainment Weekly. So this is the thing in the Entertainment Weekly story that I wanted to share with you. This is for their cover story on the Obi-Wan Kenobi series where it says Dalton Ross writes that the Dark Lord has tasked the Grand Inquisitor and his group of Inquisitors to hunt down and eliminate any and all stray Jedi who managed to escape the Great Purge of Order 66. So this is something that, you know, we know already, right? That's just generally what the Inquisitors are supposed to be doing. But here's the thing that it says in Gizmodo just a couple of days ago. It says that the show will tell a story of how Obi-Wan's former apprentice and now Sith Lord Vader tried to hunt down Kenobi 10 years after the events of Revenge of the Sith. Vader will appear, but he's also given the task of finding Kenobi to a group of evil beings called Inquisitors. So it's a subtle difference, but it's a very specific one. So the Entertainment Weekly Dalton Ross story is just talking about the Inquisitors hunting the Jedi in general. The German Lussier Gizmodo story says that Vader and the Inquisitors are specifically looking for Obi-Wan Kenobi. And that has a different set of implications. And so when you think back to the events of Revenge of the Sith, we know that Anakin survived, but does Kenobi know that Anakin survived and became Vader? Unknown at this point. Does Anakin know that Obi-Wan Kenobi was never killed by anyone? Nope, he has no idea of what Kenobi's fate is, but he doesn't know that Kenobi's dead, so he can theorize about the possibility that Kenobi survived somehow after he left him to die on Mustafar, and certainly <laughs> Vader slash Anakin is going to carry a grudge about that to be sure. But if that really is the case, then there has to be some sort of inciting incident that happens in the series that puts Obi-Wan Kenobi front and center in Vader's mind, because I'm sure Vader's had a lot of other stuff to deal with in the 10 intervening years between Revenge of the Sith and when the Kenobi series takes place. Something has to put Kenobi front and center for him to make him say, that's it, he's alive, we're going to find him, go send all your minions out and find him for me. So yeah, I think if that's right, if German is really accurate about this, it really puts the whole show in a different light. And I keep pronouncing his name German, it might be Germain, but I'm afraid that it's 
the other way, germane? Like, is it germane to a conversation? So I just, I don't want to mess it up. So I promise you, I apologize. And if you want to correct me, please correct me. <laughs> we'll run a department of corrections on it as soon as I get an official confirmation. Anyway, so there you go. That's what I have for that aspect of Kenobi stuff. The other thing I wanted to flag for you goes back to the Darth Maul article in the Hollywood Reporter that I mentioned that we were going to come back around to. So when we were talking about that earlier this week, one of the things I flagged for you is the fact that there is a quote from a Lucasfilm source in the article that contradicts the story that the Hollywood Reporter is reporting. So what's remarkable about that is that every time there is an article like this, usually Lucasfilm declines to comment, or at least this is what is reported in the article, right? Like whoever the writers are will say Lucasfilm declined to comment or was reached for comment but didn't respond before the deadline or, you know, some variation of that thing. So the fact that they actually had someone at Lucasfilm saying, nope, that's entirely wrong, and saying you can call me a Lucasfilm source, that is a pretty remarkable thing. That is Lucasfilm stepping out ahead of something in a way that they almost never do. Something else that just happened recently, and this was caught and reported on by Star Wars Newsnet, Pablo Hidalgo put out a tweet that basically said the report was nonsense, and he used a little bit more flowery language to do so. And it's not exactly rare for Pablo to comment on stuff like this when it happens, but yeah, it carries a certain force, <laughs> if you will, a certain weight of credibility, and so yeah, it definitely makes me feel a little bit better about the conversations that we were having the other day about how the story just didn't seem to ring right somehow. And so, yes, there you go. That's more info on the whole Darth Maul business and whether or not it was legit. And that is what I have for you on the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, those last little news tidbits that wrap up our week. And that is going to wrap up this episode of the podcast as well. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited by their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Mother's Day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.